Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Numbers Scandal. We have a pretty interesting PACS related case that I feel like only a few of us know about. As we get started today, we have a usual crew. It's me, Catherine. Me, Daria. Me, Devere. And we'll be having a special guest joining us later in the show. Uh, Duvere, can you go ahead and give us and the listeners a rundown of the scandal? Oh yeah. So Robert Brotman is a billionaire software developer and a former CEO of Ohio-based Reynolds Reynolds software company, who is infamously known for his $2 billion tax evasion schemes. So Brotman was charged with 39 counts of tax evasion and wire fraud. He was indicted in 2020 in what was, has been called the largest tax evasion scheme ever against an individual in the U.S. history. His indictment laid out a complex web of account and trust based in Nevis, Bermuda and Switzerland that Brotman allegedly used to hide his investment income. He was also accused of illegal buy, illegally buying back Reynolds and Reynolds debt. And Brotman was set to face trial in, 20, in February of 2023, but he died in August 5th, 2022 at age 81, suffering from dementia. So whenever we hear about these scandals, I feel like it's also helpful to know the background of the person, not just what happened present day. So Robert Brockman, to start, he grew up in Florida with his parents and his brother. He briefly attended Century College in Kentucky, but ended up finishing university in Florida in 1963. In fact, he actually graduated summa cum laude. And then he started his career as a marketing trainee with Ford Motors. From there, he went to IBM and he was actually the U.S. uh, salesman that led in their service bureau. So he was really good at his job at IBM. And then in 1970, starting in his living room, he founded a company called Universal Computer Systems. It's a computer systems and software provider for car dealerships. So you can kind of see where that Ford Motors and IBM experience comes into starting his own company. And so this is the company that merged with Reynolds and Reynolds, where he became the CEO shortly after that merger in 2006. Right. And so it seems like he had a very successful career as a businessman. And it's crazy to jump from that background of education and working to this $2 billion tax evasion. And so it was said that he hid $2 billion in income from authorities over a 20 year period. And he did this by putting money in secret accounts, by encrypting his communications and by falsifying documents. And so Part of this process was that he helped launch the private equity career of Robert Smith. And this is the name that's going to come back later. He was the wealthiest. He was named America's wealthiest black citizen. And they provided the initial investment in his firm, Robert Brockman did. And this firm was called Vista Equity Partners. And so prosecutors alleged that Brockman used a web of offshore entities and code names with Robert Smith and hid use these tools to hide $2 billion in income from the IRS. Um, And Smith admitted to committing tax crimes, but avoided prosecution by cooperating with the prosecutors against Brockman. Yeah, I just found it very interesting that he, you know, we think it's very altruistic helping somebody else get their company off the ground, but really it was kind of a scheme from the start is what it sounds like with this Vista investment that he had going with Robert Smith. So it's kind of kind of a bummer that good things aren't always good. And so with that, we're going to welcome in our special guest for the day. So we have Ryan. He has been 
spending lots of time researching and investigating this Brockman tax evasion. So welcome in, Ryan, good to have you. Hi, thank you very much, Catherine. Um, yeah, I've been pretty much an expert on this for a long time, been investigating quite a bit of my time and most evidence, if not all, that came forth to indict Brockman was brought on by two businessmen, as you already said, uh, Robert F. Smith and Evett Tameen, who both assisted Brockman all of his tax evasion activities. Uh, Smith, as you said, is a billionaire investor and the founder, chairman, and CEO of the private equity firm Vista, uh, Vista Equity Partners, as you said, Daria. Uh, Tameen is an attorney in charge of all of Brockman's offshore entities and bank accounts hidden from the IRS. Um, going further, uh, you see Brockman operated a maze of trustees, offshore entities, foreign bank accounts, and encrypted communications to conceal his assets and circumvent disclosing billions of dollars of income between 2004 and 2018. To evade uh, reporting income, Brockman and Smith started Point Investments to invest in private equity funds which specialize in American-based software technology companies. Um, what's peculiar is that Vista Equity Partners, started by Smith, as you guys already said, is, was 100% owned by Point Investments, also started by Smith and Brockman. Further, Point Investments was owned by two other companies, Point Purpose Trust, owned by all the com owned all the common stock, while Spanish Steps Holding owned all the preferred stock. But here's the strange thing: who had 100% ownership of this Spanish Steps Holding? That would be the Eugene Brockman Charitable Trust, which was Brockman's late father's charity fund. Both the Charitable Trust and the Point Purpose Trust were both directed by Evett Tamim and vicariously by Brockman. So it sounds like Brockman was kind of inserting himself in a lot of different companies. Do you think that he really kind of got over his head? You know, he had all of these different charities and donations and people that he was helping out. Yeah, It yeah. seems um, like it's now a web that they kind of used to tie back to him. So have you ever watched Wolf of Wall Street? This is how exactly how Jordan Belfort hit his income. What Jordan Belfort did was uh, heavily invest in companies to start an IPO for, as to drive up the price, sell high, and would use a, a close friend uh, as a trustee, otherwise known as a rat, for his investments. And the IRS never knew, never knew they were in cahoots. In our case, Ebit Tamim is our rat. Now, Mr. Brockman op also operated two additional investment entities, one, Edge Capital Investments, and two Cabo Global Investments, both having ownership structures uh, similar to Point Investments, with Tamin being the hidden puppeteer and Brockman being the man behind the curtain. Uh, with Brockman's untraceable income, uh, he used his money to buy hold for inve investment assets in Colorado, such as vacation homes, real estate, jets, and yachts. He would sell those properties for a profit under Colorado-based companies such as uh, Hanky Properties LLC and Mountain Queen Incorporated, both outside of the microscope were owned by uh, his offshore company, Regency Management, which zoom out again, was owned by a company called Heracles Charitable Trust, also by owned and directed by who? Evit Tamin. 
you know, you mentioned, you know, his assets in Colorado and a bunch of the other things that he had. Fun little fact that I found out is that he had a 209 foot yacht called Turmoil. So he wasn't just living large with all of these companies that he was owning. He also had a little bit of some fun purchases along the way. And of course, Brockman's dealings were hardly physical transactions. Instead, he would use a encrypted private email servers to communicate with Tamin, and the two used aliases in their communications. Uh, Tamin used redfish, Brockman used permit, both are types of fish. Uh, Brockman liked uh, theme, fish-themed code names for some reason. I'm not sure, I don't know. But in September of 2018, IRS agents and Bermudan police executed a search warrant for a raid in Tamin's home office in Bermuda. Ever since then, Tamin and Smith have been cooperating witnesses in the government's investigation of Robert Brockman. And as we start to get into this investigation and the court rulings and the proceedings, we have to remember what we mentioned before was that Brockman had dementia. And this really complicated his legal process because his attorneys were repeatedly arguing that he wasn't competent enough to stand trial. And after a competency hearing, the judge ruled that the trial would move forward. So... As we mentioned earlier, Brockman's trial was scheduled for February of next year, but he passed away in August, just six months before that. So let's kind of get into what he's paid so far and where this case ends up. Initially, Brockman was accused in September of 2020 of these 39 indictments, and he pled not guilty and paid a million dollars to be released on bond. Almost immediately after this in October, his buddy, Robert Smith, who we talked about earlier, signed a non-prosecution agreement and paid $139 million as part of his cooperation deal. Then we have some conflict over whether Brockman is fit to stand trial, which resulted in that competency hearing in November of 2021. During that time that this ruling was happening and it's pending, the IRS placed liens on Brockman's property, his assets, and placed a jeopardy assessment on him. And that allowed the IRS to seize funds from his retirement accounts and attach to that retirement pay from Reynolds and Reynolds. And so reacting to this during the whole time that this competency hearing is still pending, Brockman's family trust offered $1.45 billion to the IRS to relax these liens. Then come May, Brockman was deemed competent to stand trial and the court date was set. And so with him passing away in August, it's still really unclear how the IRS plans to recover this $2 billion, maybe through his estate. Yeah, so this is just kind of one of those things that we're going to have to wait and see. We're still in the middle of this, you know, investigation, and we don't know what the final result of this scandal is going to be. Like Daria mentioned, it could possibly have to be paid out by his estate. We're not really sure. We'll have to see what the court decides come 2023. Overall, it's a very interesting case. One quote that I saw about Brockman from some of his previous employees was that he would stay in motels and have frozen dinners when he was visiting the Ohio company, which is just very odd considering, according to the IRS, he has all of this money and all of these assets. So why would a man with that much money be living a life so opposite of that? Um, do y'all have any closing remarks? I think we've kind of hit a good spot for today before we come back next week, but are there any final notes? I think it leaves us maybe a potential next episode to talk about 
what happens if there is underpayments that the IRS needs to take and someone passes away and what that looks like. What does that process look like? Maybe we'll touch on that in the future. Perfect. Ryan, thank you so much for having us. No problem. And again, this was Number Scandal. See y'all next week.